And here I am, 87 years old, and I still feel good and still a-going. And I thank God for it. But this is a brand new year we fix to start out. And every year, I've tried to start off brand new. And so, uh, this morning, if you'll turn to Ecclesiastes a few minutes. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5. <clears throat> begin to read in verse 5. And read on down through verse uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, I mean, down to verse 5. <clears throat> Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. When thou vowest a vows to God, deferred not to pay it, for he had no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better than thou shouldest not vow, than thou should vow shouldest bow and not pay. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, most everybody that I know, starting off a new year, we make different revolutions or vows. We want to do our best in this coming year. We want to do our best to keep them and do good to you and your people and to your cause for Christ's sake. I pray that you would help us understand what this is all about today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I like the words of Alice Chase Chin. She wrote this. For each of us who have traveled the road of sorrow, misfortune, and sin, there's a wonderful place of courage and hope called the land of new beginnings. Again. Someone else wrote this. Their hope, like a cloak that wraps us around, makes stronger our purpose to win in love, truth, and faith are easily found in this land of beginning again. Now, I thank God for 87 years of now of beginning again over and over and over and over again every year. Yesterday is gone, but I thank God for tomorrow. If He don't come, we'll have another beginning. Every year, God lets us live in a new beginning. Over and over again in the Bible, you find God gives His people a chance at new beginnings. David, Moses, Jacob, Abraham, you could go on and on. Each time they made certain vows to God and they meant to keep those vows. There are several vows <coughs> that every Christian ought to make to God this coming year. And I want to give you some of them. I want you to listen very carefully. I believe this sincerely. Number one, we ought to make the commitment or vow to serve the Lord. 
All over the country, churches are failing simply because of members are not faithful in service, period. Faithful to attend every service. Sunday school, 11 a.m. service, 6 p.m. service, Wednesday night service. Not only in attendance, but in your particular service God wants you to be used you in. And such as a choir, or ushering, or teaching, or nursery, or giving. And each aspect of service for the Lord is a serious business. It's a shame in any church that the small minority carries the load of service for the Lord. Wouldn't it be something if every member of every local church made a vow to serve the Lord faithfully every week, week by week, in every service, never missing a service for the Lord? There's no greater privilege than to serve the Lord who died for our salvation. You know what that means? Just bring someone to church. Bring someone to Christ. That's serving the Lord. However means you got to do it in. <clears throat> I was a superintendent and years ago to a primary department in our church. We began with a very few uh, children and we made me and my wife got together and we said we want to build the greatest primary department of any church that we know of. And we got to our teacher, we got some teachers together wanted to start teaching. And I made a thing, if a teacher got up to 15 in their class, we divide that class, get another teacher, divide that class, start another class. And when they get up, each one of them get 15 in their class, we divide a class, get a new teacher, start another class. That thing grew to, we had uh, 528 just primary kids coming to church. Had an oratorium like this, full of them. And you know what we did? We did everything in the world to get those kids excited about coming to church. I mean, we made a big old octopus one time. And I told them kids, if you'll come to church, we'll have an octopus here Sunday for them. Man, their eyes got big as saucers, and all our teachers got together and sewed uh, limbs on a big old thing out, out of cloth. And you, you dumb us, we, we got insulation and stuffed it in those things and itched for two weeks because of that insulation. Like the itch just to death. But those kids came. We got one time, have you ever heard of the Jolly Green Giant? I had a program. I said, if you come Sunday now, the Jolly Green Giant's going to be here. And I got the, our pastor's son was six foot eight. And he had a foot, I don't know how big that foot was, it was a big one. And I took it from our buses, I took spray paint, green spray paint, and I painted all the way up to the primary department. Uh, that is his footprints. And then I went down to the Jolly Green Giant place, and they give away little cans of peas and corns and stuff uh, that, that I could give to the kids. I mean, a whole bunch of it. I brought it to church. I give it out to the kids. And I stood there, the preacher's son on a, a box dressed in the Jolly Green Giant suit. And then the little kid looked up to him. Their eyes got as big and happy and excited about it. But it started bringing kids, one right after another. Every Sunday, we'd have something to get those kids excited about. Now, I told you that for this reason. You can get somebody to come to church. You can get excited about it. 
about coming to church, hearing the preaching, hearing the singing. Uh, Brother uh, Mike was talking about <clears throat> singing different songs in church. And, and you know, there's a lot of songs in the church we haven't sang for a long time. And they sound like new, but it's old-fashioned songs. I don't know about you, but I just love to sing. I don't care which one. I just love to sing for the Lord. And you hear it. You can get excited about something. Whatever it is in the churches you can get excited about, you can get somebody else excited. Now, I want to show you something, if I can, about getting excited and getting people to church, number one. The second thing I want you to see is stewardship. Now, I know that uh, when I first started this church, I had a the Monsignor of the Catholic Church down on Highway 60. He was a good friend of mine at that time. And, and uh, we worked together years ago before we, either one of us started the church. And uh, he came up to see me after I started this church. And he said, uh, how you doing? I said, fine. He said, how are you supporting your church? I said, by uh, free will offerings and tithes of people to church. Ah, that's not the way you do it. He said, you find out how much every member of your church is making. And you keep a record of it, and then you dun them for their tithe. I said, you can't find that in the Bible. And so far, I haven't been, I've been looking for it ever since, but I can't find that in the Bible. You know what the Bible says? Tithes and offerings. Now, I was talking to a Christian here a while back. Now, I mean, a, a staunch Christian. And they said, uh, nah, we don't believe in tithing no more. Now, they did for years till they got out of church. But now, they don't believe in tithing no more. That's under law. We're under grace. And they talk about Now, I want to go back and I want to show you something. Genesis 28 and verse 16. And, Jay, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put up for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set up for a, set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee now all the way through the Bible you'll find this principle. God never asks you for what you don't have. God only asks you for what He blesses you with. And if He blesses you with goods, then He expects you to give the tenth part back to Him. That belongs to God. Now you get under the New Testament and you find uh, that uh, it's like a doctor I was talking to somebody about a uh, doctor years ago of mine, he was going to a Presbyterian church. 
and uh, I went to see him for a medical problem and he shut the door after we finished he said can I talk to you a minute pastor I said sure and he said my church just done me for my tithe and he said what is a tithe he said I don't understand it he said if I give everything that church is asking me to give right now I I owe them $125,000 this year he said explain tithing to me I said you don't want to hear from me tithing I'm a Baptist I'm a Bible believer he said no I really want to know the truth I said okay 10% 10% belongs to God. That ain't even yours. I said, but in the New Testament, under grace, the Bible says to do more. To give out of the abundance of your heart. That's a free will offering. Now you give that to the Lord. And so, and he said, you're asking me. And I said, I ain't asking for nothing. I'm trying to show you the principle that God gives you when it comes to stewardship. Did you know that God blesses you with the clothes on your back, with the food on your table, with the car you drive, the truck? He blesses you with your house. Everything that you've got comes from God. Now, any sensible person knows that. You could be laying flat on your back. I went to the VA hospital some years ago to visit a man. He could only move his neck. That's all he could move. He was paralyzed from the neck down. And I never will forget it. That was the most joyful man. He loved the Lord. That's all he could talk about was the goodness of the Lord. And I thought about it. Only by the grace of God is any of us not in His place. Think about it. Your health, everything that you've got comes from God. Did you know that God never asked you for anything back except what He's blessed you with? Now watch this. I, I do wish that every, every Christian that hears my voice today could understand this principle. You want to live a good Christian life, good clean life, a good life that you won't want for any good thing? The Bible tells you how to do it. If every Christian of this church would simply be faithful and tithe, then there would be never a want in the church We could serve the Lord without question in every aspect of every ministry in this church. You cannot build a great church with unfaithful people. In fact, you can't do anything without faithful people. We need everyone, each one, to make a fresh vow to God to be faithful in our tithe and in our giving. Because in doing so, when you be faithful, then God blesses you. That's the whole principle of giving. God blesses you. In turn, you serve the Lord. You give back to Him what He blessed you with. Then God blesses you more where you can serve the Lord more. That's a principle taught all the way through the Bible. And by the way, those it says that the tithe was done away with in in the New Testament... God does not rescind. You can't show me no place in the Bible where God says, stop tithing. Not in there. It's all the way through the Scriptures. So every Christian ought to make a vow to God. Lord, if you will bless me, let me show you how it works. A strawberry farmer friend of mine several years ago. Don't go to this church. 
And uh, he, he was just a real good friend. And he said, to, he came to me and he said, Brother Strong, my friend, my crops are not doing good this year. I'm having a real tough year. He said, I made a promise to God that I would give to the church, I think it was $38,000 if I remember right, uh, just because if God would bless me. He said, I don't have it. I mean, I, I'm not making this year. What should I do? I said, did you make a vow to God? God never asked you for it, right? You made that vow. You keep it. You give it. No matter what, you give what you vowed to God to give. Now listen, this is a true story. He came right here. That sounds like Biden. I don't mean to say that. This this is the truth, though. This man came here and, and gave his testimony after this. He planted uh, some acreage of land and raised eggplant on it. He made $1 million clear that year on just eggplants. Think about that. God never asked him for it, but he made a vow. Then he got in the old devil tested. See? The devil put you hard times. And you'll say, I can't. But wait a minute. God never asked you to make that vow. You made it. You better keep it. And when you do, then you obligate God. And God will keep His vow. He will bless you. That's a principle taught all the way through the Bible. And that's how stewardship of our lives are to be led. Let me give you something else. Every Christian ought to make a fresh vow of separation. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wise a wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Can I give you something this morning? If every Christian made a new clean vow to God to keep themselves from the things of the world, then we would not embarrass the name of the Lord Jesus. Here a while back, there was a member of our church years ago, not a member of our church anymore, and they called me and I asked, how you doing? And they told me they was going to barn dances and they were drinking. They even put on YouTube as a member of our church. I said, I wish you wouldn't put on there that you're a member of this church and you're going to live like the devil. Because that's not a... That's not a testimony of the Lord, amen? What I am saying here is that every child, every Christian ought to make a vow to God. I am not going to defile myself where it's with drinking, smoking, cursing, going to the wrong place, whatever it is. By the way, there's not a cigarette in the, in the world that'll take you to hell. You know that? There's not a beer in the world that'll take you to hell. There's nothing in this world to take you to hell except rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Why don't I do it then? You know why? Because I don't embarrass the name of Christ. Let me show you how simple I'm talking. Here's my Bible. Did you know I got an old Bible at home that says Holy Bible. You know what that one says? Holy Bible. Here I come around, and I'm coming to your house to visit you. I got a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. I got a 
Budweiser in my hand. I'm knock on your door. Hey, I'm a pastor from the church. I'd like to come by and visit with you a few minutes and I'll tell you how holy and righteous God is. What would you think of me? You'd look at me and say, that's a fool. That's a crazy man. Talking out of one side of his mouth, he's holy. Talking out of the other side of the mouth and by his appearance. You know what the Bible says? Stay away from any appearance of evil. Stay away from it. Don't go near it. Just leave it alone. And you know the only way you'll do it? Is you make a vow to God. I'm not going to defile myself. I'm going to keep myself holy before God. And every time you start to do it from then, it'll remind you, don't do that. Amen? And so we're to make a vow of separation. Did you know what the Bible says about that? Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. You're different. Let me give you another. People today need to make a vow of salvation. Everyone knows there has to be a hell to have a heaven. And whether you believe in a burning lake of fire called a hell or not, that still does not change the fact that there is one. Hell is real. Hell is hot. Hell is long. Hell is forever. Now, why would anyone want to go through another year not knowing if you're going to hell or to heaven or not? You know what, folks? I want to know I'm saved. Not guess about it. Now, I'll read Ecclesiastes where we read a minute ago. I want you to listen very carefully to it. Verse 1. Remember now who God used to pin this down. The wisest man that ever lived. And he tried everything in the world. And listen to what he says. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of food. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of bidding, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of voice of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, and notice now, here's what I was getting at. Up here, in verse 5, it is better that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. But it did not say in verse 5 that we are not to vow. Go back to verse 4. When thou vows. So God expects you to make a vow to Him. Now watch this, please, and I'm finished. People today need to make a vow of salvation knowing they're saved. They need a vow of serving the Lord in their tithes and their offering to what God blesses them with, of leading other people to Christ. We need to make vows to God. Lord, this year, if you let me live another year, another day, I'm going to serve you with these things and I'm going to promise you, God, I'm going to make a vow to you as best I can. I'm going to be faithful to you in these things. And I guarantee you something. If you do that, you'll be a better person this coming year. God will bless you and He'll hold you accountable, which all of us needs to be. Amen?
as you give, as you serve Him, God will honor the vows that you make. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we can't get over the fact that we have a new year. We're going to see a new year come in. The old year's gone. There's not a thing we can do to change what we've done or to make good what we've done in the last year. It's gone. We'll never see that one again. From here on, we can make a difference in our own life and the life of somebody else. If we're determined in our minds and ask you to help us keep these vows that we make to serve you, help us do it, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Sing something for us, please. Hymn number 375, Just As I Am, 375. And we'll sing out on that first verse. Just as I am without one plea. concerned about their salvation and after church I sat down and talked with them and they said they could tell me when they got saved they told me when they got baptized and they knew it you know what that's not a there's no better news that you could hear from that and what I'm trying to tell you is when you invite somebody to come you might think that they won't come but they will because they're glad they're saved if they're saved. And if they're not saved, they want to be. They're looking for somebody to tell them the truth. And I guarantee you, I promise you, by God's help and through the mercy of God, I will preach the truth to you from this Word. And anybody that you bring, I'll tell them the same thing. I will not embarrass you. I will preach the Word of God and let the Holy Spirit deal with it. Amen? And leave it late. That's why I want you to help in bringing people to Christ through this year. It's going to be a great year. I really believe it. God's going to be good to us. Amen. Father, bless us as we go on our way home now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Is it good now? You're able to stretch it out? I went for a walk after, after whatever it was.
Can you hurt me? Loosened up. I That's just, good. 